the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 127 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. And if you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we have close to 3,000 members talking about baseball every day of the year, week, month, whatever. There's baseball discussions going on. It is very busy right now as all of these trades are going on that we're going to be discussing today. There's all kinds of conversations going on about who to grab, who's taking closer roles, who's you know on the move. It's a great place to get updated information because usually when one of these trades happen, it seems like there's about three or four posts almost immediately going into the group with people announcing it. So there's a lot of great minds in there. And the best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes. If you take a few moments and leave us a five-star rating and write a nice review for us, it's a great way to help us get our names out there. We would be very appreciative if you did that. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On tonight's episode, it is trade week. We're going to discuss players whose values could be affected by the trade deadline this week. Some trades have happened already. And more are going to happen between now and the deadline on Friday. Most of the time, this involves closers, but there's some other young players might be able to get a shot too. This probably won't be too long of an episode. Um, we may try to get back after this week a weekend and discuss the trade deadline fallout as we hear about a couple more trades. But it just depends on how much, because we have had a lot happen even since I started writing these notes a day or two ago. And now let's get Andrew on, and I've got a question of the day for you, Andrew. Last week, Fernando Tatis became the third shortstop in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 or more home runs in a season at age 22 or younger. Can you name the other two? Uh, I'm going to say Alex Rodriguez. Is that one? That is the, Yep, that's one. That's the easy one. Yeah, I figured. And I honestly don't have another guess. I was thinking about it, and I, I don't have another guess. It's probably somebody from, like, 1948 or something. It's happened in the last five years. Oh, wow. Um, There's your hint. I still don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> or it might take you some time. 22 or younger. Last five years. Not story, right? Nope, it's not Trevor Story. It is. He wasn't. Th- he wasn't that young. No, nope. I don't know. Glaber Torres would be the third. Oh one. yeah. I didn't oh. know he was twenty-two when he did it. Yeah, I wouldn't. It. Yeah, I would have had to think for a while on that. So. That's why I wasn't going to let we you go too long. Yeah, we don't want too much dead air. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Fernando Tatis. Uh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to say some guy that was playing in like the dead ball era or something. <laughs> No, because back then nobody ever, no shortstops ever hit for power. Right, I mean, if right. If you were a ten home run, thirty steal, I mean thirty forty steals, that's what your shortstop was. Maybe hitting in the two hole and moving over the leadoff guy when he got on base. That's what the shortstop second base position was till the turn of the century, basically. Yeah. 
All right, um, let's start off talking about last week, Andrew. We, real quickly, we went to a, a Cubs-Cardinals couple games last week in, in St. Louis. We, Our buddy Lucas Beery, who's been on the podcast a couple times, he joined us, and another buddy of ours, Derek Ambrose. We all met and had a great time watching some Cardinal games, and it was your first experience in Bush Stadium. What did you think of Bush, and how did you enjoy it? Uh, great time. Yeah, it was nice, nice park. Um, got to see a couple games and yeah, hang out with you guys. So it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, they'll, uh, you, we don't have any like go Cubs go songs whenever we win. So unfortunately <laughs> you didn't get to sing anything uh, or join in on any fun like that. But yeah, it's a, it's, you know, having been to Wrigley two years ago, I'll tell you, those are definitely different atmospheres. I love them both in their own ways. I think they're both great atmospheres and yeah, you know, that was the first time I've actually stayed in the hotel right outside the stadium and got to walk around and, you know, um, the Cardinals ballpark village is right outside of the stadium. And that's where they record the pregame on Bally Sports Network. And they always show shots of that area whenever they're playing games live. They'll go, go and show it live in the restaurant. And I thought it was fun to get to go there, too. So, yeah, good time. Cardinals won both. So, of course, I was happier, Three. but. Yeah, three to two, both games. Yeah, I I couldn't have picked two two better games for as I was telling friends when I got back here. I got to see Wainwright pitch well. Yadi Molina hit the walk off. Uh, Carlson homered. Arenado homered in game two, and then Alex Reyes got a save. I'm like, man, I honestly, as yeah, a Cardinal fan, good. couldn't have picked a better two games. I don't think. Yeah, that's pretty good for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, as, a Cub, as a Cubs fan, we got to embrace the tank right now, so I'm, I'm not too upset, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, yeah, you shouldn't be. And we'll be getting into a lot of Cubs talk here in a little while because there are definitely a lot of Cubs that are expected to be on the move. Not many of them have moved yet. But I'm going to start off just running down this list. We're going to talk about some trades that have happened and some players that are rumored to still be on the block. And we're starting off with the probably the one of the biggest names out there, and that would be Trevor Story. Uh, he's had the season. We, he hasn't not had the season we've become accustomed to, but he's still the most valuable battle left on the market right now. Reports are the Yankees are interested, but other teams are interested too. But I wanted to play the game. Let's just let's say he goes to the Yankees and he gets out of Colorado, or he goes to another really good t- contender. What are your thoughts on him going from an extreme pitcher's park or hitter's park? but a terrible lineup around him to a really good pitcher's park, or I'm sorry, a maybe not as good of a hitter's park, but um, maybe a better lineup around him. Like if he went to the Yankees or another loaded team like the Dodgers or something, do you think is how much does his value tank in the next two months? Do you think? Cause playing in Colorado is a crazy advantage to have, but I mean that Rockies lineups, not the Rockies lineup of years past. Yeah, I, th- I think if it's if it was specifically the Yankees or the Dodgers or something, I don't think it changes too much. Um, it just kind of depends where it is. But most teams, I would say it's a downgrade. Yeah. Just because at that point I'm taking cores. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a rough year. I mean, 82 WRC plus. He's been Jeez. below average hitter for the season. and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know where he's going to go. I don't have a strong opinion on it. I, 
Um, I think if you went to the Yankees, though, like just pure fantasy value wise, yeah, it's pretty lateral. Maybe, I mean, you could maybe even argue it's an upgrade just because of how bad. I mean, the Rockies have just been so bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that could. I mean, it's a. He lost his buddy Nolan Arenado right before the season. I mean, I do believe that that was probably a deflating thing for him. That could be. I. I it's possible that that's what's that has contributed to his struggles. I mean, losing that lineup, that guy in the lineup right in front or behind you. I think Arenado typically hit third, and story was second, yeah. right? Yeah, I think think so. So. Going from that to having a Charlie Blackman who it looks has looked like a shell of himself hitting before. I think Blackman's been hitting cleanup this year, and it's just it's not been the same Rockies lineup we've become accustomed to. It's usually the pitching's terrible, but the lineup you know they're going to continue scoring runs. And right now, the pitching actually they've got a couple pitchers that are pitching all right this year, but their lineup is definitely not the same. Yeah, yeah, they've just been been tough their lineup yeah it just hasn't been very good especially on the road as for the rest of the Rockies lineup is there anyone who intrigues you here could who could see a uptick in playing time if story goes I mean they've got guys on the farm they got Josh Fuentes Garrett Hampson's not been playing every day would would you be more interested in any of those guys or if story was to move I think I think Hampson's probably the one I mean I think he would get more looks he's been playing a little more sporadic as of late um but nobody that's gonna like come even close to what story's doing obviously i mean it it's kind of one of those this lineup could be pretty ugly the rest of the way if he moves and it's already been ugly even with him in it so yeah it's um you know hampson with playing time there's speed there obviously but i think we i've kind of i'm just kind of feeling like we kind of know what Hampson is at this point. I mean, he's got 894 career plate appearances and just hasn't been good. So, yeah, but I mean, he does have speed and if he's playing on a bad team, you know, maybe he gets that. I don't, I don't really know who else would be um, like jumping up for playing time or forcing playing time. So maybe it is him, even though, I don't really think he's that good. And there's there's some that if Garrett Hampson's playing, there's some fantasy value because he has speed. So Yeah, if that guy's getting every day at bats, I mean that's a that could be a lot of value for a redraft league where you're looking for in a fifteen team deep maybe even a twelve teamer. He could have value just because of the speed he provides if he's getting playing every day. But yeah, I mean the lineup is gonna be rough. I feel like we've seen this out of Hampson a few times where he's finished real strong in a season that really wasn't pretty beforehand. So Yeah, he he's the type of guy in a dynasty league, if he got hot, I would I'd be trading him. Yes. If I if if he fell into the playing time and got on a run. Um I just it, it's gonna take an extended run of that for me to start believing in him, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah, he it's hard for me to buy into him long term either, but yeah, if he's finishing yeah. strong, this could be a good off season to move. Yeah, short term, short term, he could be he could be fine though. Like you said, redraft. Moving over to the pitching side for the Rockies, we have John Gray, who is in the last year of his contract. I did read on MLB.com that he reportedly had indicated he wanted to stay in Colorado, but I, it's looking like he's going to be moved. I've heard a report today three or four teams are interested in him right now getting out of Colorado and this is weird with Gray. I mean, he has 
uh, some serious home road splits this year that make no sense for a Colorado pitcher. At home, he's thrown 57 innings, 53 strikeouts, a 3.14 ERA, and a batting average against of only 169. And on the road, 40 innings, 4.43 ERA, 38 strikeouts, and a batting average against of 282. I can't make any sense of that, but if he was moved, what are your thoughts on Gray? Because even though those splits are odd, I'd still be feeling even better about him. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you know, I didn't have it pulled, but the, his career splits, are they, they're not like that, right? I don't think so. I know yeah, in the I mean, past they've not been that way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I know we've talked a little bit about Gray where we took him in drafts, but he's been pretty good, you know. Um, got him in a couple draft and holds just really late. He's pitched innings. And he's pitched pretty good. Um, I think you have to like him more if he's moved. I mean, even though, like you said, the splits have favored him and cores. I just don't think over time, you know, like if you're projecting forward, you would project him to be better on the road. So getting out of cores for any pitcher, regardless of what the splits say, I'm good with that, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to see where he goes. I mean, it you would think it would be to a contender and. Um, it's an upgrade. I mean, I think pretty much no matter what, it's an upgrade. <laughs> I pulled up 2019 just randomly. 3.46 ERA at home, 4.22 on the road. Wow. It's <laughs> so odd. 2017, I just picked another year. 3.13 at home, 4.06 on the road. Yeah. See, I still, I still wow. would rather... Um, would rather not have cores, but yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's weird. It's nuts. And as somebody who's owned him, I have made, you can't really make of, any, you can't really make any sense of that. Right. I mean, nope. Other than you're just kind of used to it or something like that. That's the only yeah. thing I can make sense of, but yeah, I, I with you though, I would rather him be out of there. What about Herman Marquez? What were, what were you going to say since owning him? You made the mistake of oh, I, something? I've made the mistake of plugging him in, like sitting him in some tough home matchups this oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've, I, I like the Dodgers, he's pitched at home. And I've sat him a few times. And then I've start, I'm like, oh, he's facing the Diamondbacks on the road. This is a great start. And I put him in there. And while he hasn't been awful most of his starts this year, his bad starts have been in starts where I was not expecting it more often than not. Yeah. I remember you saying that, and I've actually kind of felt that too. It it seems like he always has bad matchups. Uh huh. And are a lot of times, you know, whether it's you're scared of the course thing or yep. it's Dodgers or what, Padres, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's tough. But yeah, we'll see where he goes. I'm curious. And I, I would think he would be moved. So let's talk about Herman Marquez. Should the Rockies be trading this guy right now? Because they're telling people they're not. And I pulled it op- pulled up his contract. I was thinking he was a free agent after next year and was really ripping on them on Twitter the other day. And somebody commented and told me I'm wrong. And I went and looked, and they were correct. He is under contract through 2023, and there's a club option in 2024 that's, that's $16 million And still pretty good prices, 7.8 this year, 11.3 next year, 15.3 the following year. Those are pretty good prices for a pitcher. So, but I'm still of the belief that they should be moving him right now, and it's because they're not going to be contending anytime soon. And you know, pitchers can blow up at any point. So I, I still think they're foolish, even though they have more time on this deal than I thought. This is the time to trade him because they're he's pitching well. Do you agree with that? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I see, like, I see their side of it too. If they, you know, several years team friendly, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that with pitchers, you never know a year from now, Marquez might not be pitching anywhere near this good. I mean, he's probably more likely to be pitching worse than better if we're just playing, Mm -hmm. you know, odds or whatever. So, uh, and you could get a pretty good haul. I mean, I think for this guy, so I would definitely, uh, definitely be thinking about it. I mean, they probably don't have the mindset that we do of that. They're not going to be competing for years. Like they probably don't have that. Yeah, when you look at this lineup and you see Rymel Tapia, Brennan Rogers, Charlie Blackman, <laughs> Trevor Story's going to be—they're going to re-sign Story because he's going to want to play with a winner. McMahon, CJ Cron's about to get moved, but they got Josh Fuentes, Sam Hilliard, Elias Diaz. When you have a lineup yeah. like that, you've got to be thinking about right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's—it's it's just I don't think that most major league teams think that far out like years and years you know most of the time but right correct and yeah i'm not saying that they i'm not saying that's correct i'm just saying i think that that's how they view it so um i'm with you though i mean he's pitching great you could get a haul there's a lot of teams that could use herman marquez and my god for his fantasy value i've got him in a couple dynasty leagues and god i'd love it i'd love to see that guy moved the rockies are that team in a dynasty league i'm i just can't even i i we need to move on because i'm about i'm about to do a yeah. rant but I'm yeah, i was still gonna, gonna say this, this is rant. like rocky's 365 right here <laughs> yes i hate i love hating on this team i should say but they're that team in a dynasty league that you talk to about trying to trade for one of their veterans and they're like man i think i'm gonna try competing next year and you look at that roster and you're like uh you are not going to be competing next year. I hate to break that to you. They yeah. are that team. And just about every dynasty league has at least one of those guys. Okay. Yep. We agree on that. I'm going to move on. And we're going to move on to your cubbies, Andrew, who reportedly have a ton of guys on the block. I think they've already moved a reliever. But this is a crucial week for your team. What are your thoughts? Basic. I want to start this off with your thoughts as a Cub fan. What do you want to see happen? Trade them all. Blow it up, huh? Blow it up. Okay. I, and I, mo- I'm, I just mostly say that because um, I, I felt like this for a couple of years now. but And, you know, they made the playoffs last year. But um, I just don't – I know that they're going backwards. They have been basically since they won it. And – there just comes a point where it's like, you just kind of have to look it in the mirror and be honest with yourself. You know, like this team isn't going anywhere. Like not what the with, Rockies are doing. Oh, right. God, I did it right. again. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, with the guys they have, I mean, they've peaked it's in the past. And I, I mean, I love what these guys did for the team, obviously, but it's new times now. They've just got to get rid of a lot of these guys and get what they can and just move on. I would blow the whole thing up. I would trade everybody. The one that they absolutely have to trade, in my opinion, is Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they will. I mean, every team, he's probably, I was kind of thinking about this, but he's probably the most coveted out of maybe all of these players because yes. like every single team can use that guy. You know, it's, um, it's not something like story where, 
a team may not want him because they have their shortstop or their second base or whatever. Like they'd be less interested, but every team is looking for relief help right now. I mean, all the competing teams at least. So that's the one that I can't wait to see what they're going to get just because I feel like there should be bidding wars and they should just, you know, he's pitching great. It just kind of all lines up perfectly for them. And that's one great thing about it. I mean, if Kimbrell wasn't pitching good right now or the Cubs were not selling, you know, it just kind of is feels like it's coming together with that and they need to just cash out and get everything they can. So hope they do that. And then the other guys, too. I mean, I don't know if they're all going to go, um, but I think I would probably just send them all out. Yeah. It's crazy with Kimbrell because looking back two years ago, you couldn't get anybody to take on even half of that contract if you were offering him up, offering him up just because right. it looked so rough. I actually right. didn't realize he was on the last, the last year of that three-year deal. He does have a vesting option for next year, and I don't know what that is. I think there's a good chance that vests whatever it is, to where he could be under contract for one more year. But, yeah, he's a very intriguing piece because he's pitched incredibly well. I mean, a 0.49 ERA this year. I didn't realize it was that good until right now. That's incredible. Straight yeah, I mean, I think, that, I think that most of these teams, I mean, other than the White Sox, the Brewers, um, maybe the Dodgers, but... Um, I think he would close for every, any of them, you know, other than those three, maybe not the Yankees, but like, other than that, I mean, he's the guy and even teams that already have stacked bullpens or really good bullpens, they're still going to be interested, I would think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I'm really curious to see what happens there. I'm, I'm predicting giants, but we'll see. Yeah, that'd be fun. And that'd be a great spot for him. Yeah. I just think it fits. Uh, assuming all these guys have moved, and I do believe they all will be, is there anybody in deep leagues that's worth a look? If you're playing in like an NL only or a really deep mixed league where at-bats matter, who are some guys that could be getting some playing time here that could matter for, you know, those guys matter for only leagues especially. You're just trying to get at-bats. Oh, man. Um, I would say that the two that will probably or a couple i mean i don't think it's anything too interesting but ian happ should get more at bats nico horner should get more at bats um if they move all these guys it's going to be a bad team i mean it's going to be i guess he could be interesting yeah but yeah like you said it's really just at bats at that point i mean I'm, i'm not too interested in these guys but yeah i think happ and horner probably um, they're at least young enough and have some prospect pedigree. Like with Hap, he's been decent in the past, and you could see maybe that resurface a little bit. But yeah, it's just it's going to be you know if they move all these guys, it's going to be a it's going to be a bad team. So I don't think there will be any anybody that's too interesting. Well, only for, except for only leagues, but I agree. And that yeah, yes. Okay, let's move on to the next team we got, uh, or the, actually the next trade that happened. I wrote up Starling Marte, and he, well, at the time, was on the block. He, a month ago, he was publicly saying he wanted to remain a Marlin, 
and they reportedly offered him a three-year, $30 million contract, which he rightfully rejected. And I want to start off by saying, Marlins, you suck. You have a 32-year-old, and I understand that 32-year-old speed guys don't age well. But, man, for a guy like Starling Marte to get him on for, I mean, that... The guy who says he wants to be there, I mean, could you just pony up a little more than that? I understand a three-year deal, but, gee, that just seems like a, hey, we're going to give you something so we can tell our friends that we offered you a deal, but we have no intentions of trying to keep you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's weak. Anyway, on Wednesday, he was traded to Oakland for Jesus Lazardo. Uh, there was some cash involved, but it was basically a straight-up deal here. Marte, who's a two-month rental, and Lazardo, who will be under team control for at least four more years, unless the collective bargaining agreement changes this winter. Now, Lazardo has struggled this year in the majors and in the minors, but what are your thoughts on this deal? Marte's been awesome, but this is a two-month rental here. I love it for Miami. I just, I mean, Marte's fine. Like he's obviously a really good player, and he's going to help Oakland. But it's two months. And um, I just think these are the type of moves. Like if you if you strictly look at it from Miami's side, they're getting off of a 32 year old guy that they're not going to resign anyways, and they're getting a pitcher that's young and has a ton of talent and is, I mean, they're buying low on Jesus Lazardo. It's like the definition of buying low. Two months of Starling Marte for however many years was? Did you say four? I did the math in my head. I know he's been up. He was up this year and last. He came up. He started last year, like he finished the previous year in the majors. To where, I, yeah, I think that he's. If I've got my math right, he's got four more years of control. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I just I love it for Miami, and I'm not saying that you know from Oakland's point of view. I mean. I guess I get it. I mean, they're in the running. Like, Marte helps their team right now. I get that. But they must – what this kind of tells me is they must be really down on Lazardo or know something. Or yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why else they would do it. I mean, um, I just think that when you can buy – like like I said, from Miami's point of view or any team that's out of it or bad or whatever, when you can get in on pitching – like talented pitching, cheap. I mean, Lazardo's young, he's talented, and his stock is down right now. I mean, they weren't, they wouldn't have got this a year ago, you know. So, um, yeah, I just, I really like it for Miami. I think there will be a point where Lazardo is good again. Like, I don't think he's completely done. I mean, he's 23 years old. You know, he's had a rough season, but like that's when you get in on these guys. I feel like, and it may never work out, but it's two months of Starling Marte and they're not going anywhere. So I just, I don't really, uh, I don't really even see what the risk is. If you're Miami, it's yeah. Good deal for them. I like it. Nick Pollock tweeted, uh, earlier this afternoon, the Miami Marlins, 2022 rotation, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, Sixto Sanchez, Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, then you get past that and you get into their minor leagues. He didn't tweet this part, but I was just sitting there looking in their minor leagues. And then you add, like, down in double-A Pensacola right now, they got Max Meyer and Max Jake Meyer, Eater yeah. down there. I think I – I don't know. I think that was that was the, the end of the list. So it's just yeah. an embarrassment of riches. Right. 
and some of those guys will be hurt or what you know they don't all, it never all works out but it's not a bad thing to have a ton of pitching either i mean yeah like i no. said i'm i'm a fan of it from miami's side definitely completely agree also on the they don't all work out but when you have seven of them that are that high end you even get three or four of those to hit their hit hit a like a, their 80th percentile of what you think they could be or 70th percentile and right you're dangerous yeah definitely um speaking going back to Marte's side the first two guys I thought of that could be affected here were Jesus uh not Lozardo Jesus Sanchez or JJ Blade Sanchez went on the IL prior to the all-star break with no real reason so that might be a COVID ordeal I don't think I've heard anything since I was looking whenever I was writing these notes so he could be returning soon Blade, on the other hand, is still in double A and isn't playing great. I didn't realize through 71 games, he's hitting under 200 at 198. He is walking a lot and isn't striking out at an incredibly alarming rate, but he isn't even in triple A yet. And due to COVID rules for this year, he can't make it to the bigs until he's been in triple A for at least two weeks. If I think that's the rule. So I'm not sure he's an option, but Jesus Sanchez he could be of interest if he's out there in free agency. I, I think so in terms of redraft leagues. That might be an interesting guy to grab. What are your thoughts? Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, it, there's going to be a spot opened up. And um, once he's back, you know, yeah, definitely. I don't think Blade will be up. So, no. Nope. yeah, Sanchez should get some playing time. And, you know, you, I wouldn't go into it with any kind of crazy expectations or anything, but. Um, every day at bats or every day at bats and a little bit upside maybe so even in 15 team leagues I mean I'm struggling right now in my one where we have pickups finding outfielders on the wire as injuries have happened to where I would pick up Jesus Sanchez just to have somebody who yeah. has a little upside I would maybe wouldn't play him immediately but I think he's definitely worth a pickup and yeah some, somebody in 15 team leagues should be rostering him that's the way I'll definitely. say it doesn't definitely, mean yeah. everybody has to if you've got a very good outfield you even got a good, strong outfielder on your bench. He may not be the right guy for you to go after, but I think somebody in every league should. And then there's Jimmy Garcia, the closer for the Marlins this whole season. He's a free agent after the year, and on Wednesday afternoon, he was traded to the Astros, where he should be a setup man going forward. So his value looks to be toast, but for the fantasy-relevant part, this opens up the closer job in Miami, where we have Anthony Bender. That's been a trendy name lately, and he might get the role. There's also Dylan Floro. I've heard some people on Twitter saying that they think he could be getting the role as he's been pitching in more high-leverage situations than Bender as of late. But So what are your thoughts here? Like, If you're out there in free agency, both of these guys are available in these redraft leagues, and... Who would you be spending more money trying to grab, or if you could only had one roster spot, who would you pick up? Uh, I would definitely pick up Bender. I've picked him up in a couple leagues in the last week or two, uh, kind of anticipating this. I think he could be really good um, if he gets the role, and that's just the thing I'm unsure on. I mean, it's it's so hard to know what these teams are thinking i mean i think he's the best of the guys that you know him floro they've got anthony bass um 
somebody else too, I think. But um, I mean, I think he's the best, just pure ability. Um, but that doesn't mean he'll get the ninth. And that it, it, I just feel like I see it all the time. It's like you you think or hope it's this guy, and then it's not him. So um, Bender's who I'd pick up, but I will not be surprised if it's not him. Hopefully it is. And I think he he has the most upside of these guys, and I, I feel like he could be a really good closer. But, you know, we'll kind of wait and see what happens here. I mean, obviously, since Garcia was moved today, I don't know if they're playing tonight. Yeah, actually, they're playing they right playing now. They're playing and they're Se- winning right now. Seventh inning, and they're up 7-5. So we may find out by, like, shortly after this podcast is over. Yeah, so but, look yeah, at the box I mean, it, score tonight. Pay attention. I think I would – I also think, just real quick, I also think that um, one save, I wouldn't do- go too crazy over, but if the same guy gets like back to back, then I think you're good. Like, I think that's where it's something to really pay attention. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, even tonight with this situation, one, one may be enough. I mean, we'll have the next five days to kind of mull it over before, uh, fab runs, but yeah, I would definitely be grabbing Bender. I know we've both grabbed him in a couple leagues. So yeah, it, most people that listen to this will be listening on Thursday or Friday, and even if they win this game like eleven to five, but they score like five runs in the last inning, pay like go look at the box score because right now as we're right. recording, it's the seventh inning. Neither Bender nor Floral Floro has pitched, and pay attention because if you see Floro pitch the eighth and then they scored a bunch of runs and Bender hadn't pitched yet, that probably means Bender was going in there for that right. that ninth inning. So I would highly recommend looking tonight at or looking, I should say. Um over the next couple of days, just look and see who what's going on. I mean, Bender could get the save or Flora could get the save tonight as we're recording. And yeah, then you can, all right, maybe that's the guy. But like you said, if they get two opportunities over the weekend, then yeah, that's your guy unless they cough it up. That's, that's a really good point. I think you can, when you don't know, I always find myself doing this on opening day or the first few days of the season. But when you don't know who the closer is, you can look at the box score of a 12 to four game and kind of see a pattern and mm-hmm. see who wasn't and see who wasn't used mm-hmm. to where you can kind of figure it out without actually seeing the guy come in in the ninth, you know? Um, so yeah, he might be able to do that here, but yeah, Bender would be my pick, but um, like I said, I'm not, I'm just, I want to see, him actually get the role. I, I think he's got the most upside of all of them. For 29 teams, that works. Don't do that for the Royals. Just don't. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did, I don't even have any Royals listed on draw these straws. notes. We're not, draw straws. Draw straws. We're not discussing the Royals tonight. If you want to, if you hate yourself, I think I said this a month ago, if you hate yourself, go try getting in, in on that. All right. Um, moving on here to the twins, uh, Byron Buxton, he rejected a deal at the reportedly five years, $80 million. And given the injuries, my first question, do you think he should have accepted that offer? Man, probably. Right. I mean, it's a tricky uh, one because this year he was coming into his own this year and last he's been playing like an elite player when he's been healthy. I mean, if he had been playing this whole year and never missed a game with injury, we'd be talking about him as a first or second round, probably second round pick right now going into next year. I, I believe that with the way he's play, he was playing and it was a continuation from last year. 
but it's just, I mean, you don't like playing yeah, the st- injury-prone thing, but good Lord, it's just always something with him. And he's such a great defensive player that I think he's going to continue playing all out out there because that's p- part of his value. But unfortunately, his bat is progressing enough to where like fantasy owners would wish he would stop doing that at this point. But there's there's you know there's a whole other game out there being played and he's saving runs left and right out there. Yeah, I I feel like I've said this before, but I I'm starting to wonder if we're ever going to get like the full on full season of Byron Buxton at peak. I don't know if we're going to get it. it sucks because I I think that it could be just crazy, but um yeah. I, just can't stay on the field. It's rough. I think I would have signed that deal. I think I would have. And hopefully, I mean, he's got a few more years under control, I think. And hopefully he can have some good run here and he still gets that deal. But I think I might have done it in his instance. Well, God, he's going to be 28 this winter. Man. <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird. Because you remember him, the 19, 20, 21-year-old. Yeah. He was going through the minors and even in the majors, I think, by 21, 22. Yeah, and he's pl- he's played 100 games one time. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's just tough. He's at, He's got two more years of contract. He's a free agent after 2023. I was just looking. So, yeah, they basically have two more years after this. I hope he stays healthy. We need I we he deserves that season with the improvements he's continued making. I think we as fantasy owners and players would love to see it happen just to see what he could do. Oh, definitely, yeah. But anyway, he's on the block as is Andleton Simmons and Don Josh Donaldson, Jose Barrios, Taylor Rogers. Um I wanted to ask about Jose Miranda who is a pop-up prospect for the Twins this year, who's now up to a 337 batting average with a 398 on-base percentage, 653 slug, and eight home runs in 24 games in AAA. And that's after hitting 345 with a 408 on-base and a 588 slug in AA before then. With Cruz already gone and... You know, more names possible to follow. Donaldson's been discussed. Simmons likely moving. And Miranda, I think he plays multiple positions in the infield. Are you intrigued enough to grab him right now before the deadline in some redraft leagues? Uh, I think it would have to be 15 team. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you if you want to stash a hitter, you don't have a stash. I think it's fine. Um, I don't know. I I have a hard time knowing what to think there because he's been really good this year. Will he get playing time at the end of the year? Maybe. I don't know if I feel great saying that. And then on top of that, will he be good? I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, it's just a couple hurdles there. I mean, obviously, you know, he could come up and not be very good. I could see that. I could see him not even getting the playing time. And maybe he will be come up and be good. I mean, it's. I, I don't think it's bad to stash him, though. Like, if you need a... If you need a uh, bat or you have like a weak corner infield, what does he qualify? Is it thir- just third base? I think he's just third base right now, base, but I think he yeah. can play second also. Um, if you have, you know, if that's a weak spot for you or something like that, corner infield, or you need help with that, um, I could see, depending on, you know, it's got to be a pretty deep league, I think. 15 but, teams at least. Like, yeah, I, that was what I was yeah, going to bring with up. Like a I would full, not with like a full bench. 
or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll never hate on a stash too much. You know, it's like if you – I always feel like if you have a typical seven bench, one or two stashes. I mean, I'm even the type that sometimes I'll stash three or four just because I feel like I can work with a short bench. But I don't. I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. But um, one or two to stash is fine. And if that's your guy, I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah, he's not a must. And in a, I think the majority of teams, I'd probably recommend just waiting to see if he gets called up. If he got called up, I definitely would make a bid. Oh, definitely. To yeah, try definitely. to get him. Cause, yeah, if he got called up, he's getting picked up. Yep. So, all right. Uh, moving on, we're going to go into some Rangers discussion where we're starting off with the trade they made again on Wednesday, and that's Joey Gallo is a Yankee now. He really... It clearly helps that lineup and gives them another healthy outfielder, which they've been struggling with so many of their guys either being hurt, judge on the COVID IL. But, um, you know, he's going from a Gallo who is light tower, 80-grade power, is going from a what has been a pitcher's park ever since the new Texas ballpark in Arlington. I don't know if that's what they're calling it now, but... Um, Glo- Globe Life, I think. Okay, Globe, Globe Life Field. Either way, the new Texas I Rangers... I think, I think. Don't... Don't quote me on it. They change these names so much. I don't even, I can barely keep track. But. Rangers Stadium. How about that for an old <laughs> <Yeah>. school name? <laughs> yeah. But um, that was a pitcher's park. Now Gallo's going to the park where it's a jet stream for left-handed hitters. How much park factor you get, like, thinking about, like, do you think that that's going to make a big boost to him park factor-wise? Well, I mean, it's definitely a better park for home runs, obviously. I think I read that tonight that uh, for left-handed hitters, it's like fifth, the Yankees, which surprised me. Four above them. Yeah, right. I thought the same thing. Um, But Gallo just has that type of power. I don't think it makes a difference. You know, it's he's hitting it out of any park. I think the the obviously, you know, the lineup's way better, which is nice for him um and he's a good obp guy so he probably will be right in the thick of the lineup and um kind of right in between those those right-handed monster power hitters too so yeah it should be fun i mean i think it's a boost for him in fantasy yeah i mean i i don't think it's like an actionable thing i don't think you do anything you know you just you have him you keep him you enjoy the uh upgrade that it probably is but um yeah it's really it I'm glad you answered it that way because that was going to be my spin on this when we finished is, you know, I haven't owned Gallo in two years, but when I had him before, it was light tower power when he got a hold of a home run and you didn't see him like flying out on the warning track often. I've seen him hit a couple doubles off walls and stuff, but it just feels like when he tags it, he tags it. Yeah. And it just, it goes a long way to where I don't think the park is going to be as big of a factor as it would be for if like Didi Gregorius was traded back to the Yankees, right, right, or somebody like that, to where yeah, the lineup is the bigger deal. Having hitting right in the middle of that, as compared to hitting in between Adolis Garcia and Andy Abanez, like he is right now on roster resource, he's going to be hitting. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be hitting in between Gary Sanchez, somewhere in like Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, that. Just a big difference. and Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so good spot for him. Uh, let's move on to some other Rangers here. We got Kyle Gibson. Uh, 
who was a darling for anybody who had him for the for the first three to three and a half months of the season, or four months, April, May, June, three and a half months of the season. But it's been pretty brutal his last three starts. Uh, <laughs> I was watching closely. I've traded for him in a couple dynasty leagues just to get some pitching. Um, I've got felt like I got him at a decent price, so I was just like playing the hot hand. And he somehow pitched six innings last weekend against the Astros with an insane line. He walked eight batters and somehow only gave up three runs and completed those six innings. I'm guessing the contending teams might be scared off on him here, so I don't think there's much to say in terms of fantasy here. Would you? Do you have anything to add? No, not really. But I, I mean, I still think that. What's he? He's got like two more years. I, think, I yeah. I don't or at least know. at least no one more year. I think. Um, I still, oh, is it two? Yep. I still think that there's going to be teams interested though. I mean, anybody can use, even if you just consider him like an innings eater, that's valuable in real life, you know? Um, so I still think that there's a decent chance he gets moved. I don't know exactly who, I mean, there's teams that need pitching, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder why teams always wait till right at the deadline. I mean, you just kind of think in your back of your head, it's like if they'd have moved Kyle Gibson a month ago, you know, it would have been it would have been better. I, I get that some of that's for leverage and stuff. You don't want to give up on the season too quick, but I think we all knew a month ago that the Rangers were out of it. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's I still think there will be teams interested, though, even if it's like this lower level of production that we're uh, kind of accustomed to now. Yeah, and, and I was wrong. He's only got one more year, so to correct myself okay. there. But there, you're right. There's not it's much always pitching. That, I saw it said it said it's 2023, but it always confuses me. Does that yes. mean after or before? And it always messes with my mind. So. I hit their payroll to go look and see, and, yeah, I was incorrect on that. But um, – yeah, you're right. And like in when you're in a dynasty league, you don't wait until August fifteenth to trade all your prospect or players that are pitching well. If you own Kyle Gibson, you trade him in June. There were two guys that traded that that found the sucker in me that wanted to buy him. And well, you got you got a lot of good starts out of it. I did. Though. I mean, I don't, yeah, I did. Um, I got one awful one there about two starts ago, but last week didn't blow me up too bad. I, I mean, in the well, I should say last Saturday wasn't the worst. And I don't think he's I don't think he's like completely done going forward either. I mean, in real no. life, he's a mid-rotation arm and Yep. that has value, you know? Like there's teams that need that. So um yeah, I I still think there'll be some or teams reaching out and, you know, I Have you heard anything about where he could go or any teams that like I specifically heard a word yet in terms of who? It's, yeah. It'll be somebody, like you said, because there's such a need for starting pitching right now. I mean, if you were a team that had this pitcher under team control for another two or three years, um, at, like Herman Marquez with the Rock. No, God, I did it again. Gosh, I need to get off that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, then there's Ian Kennedy, who has had a solid year as the Rangers closer. He's likely gone, and I'm thinking he'll be a setup man wherever he goes. Likely. There's a couple teams. If he went to the Phillies and the Phillies didn't add anybody else, maybe he's closing for them. But is who's the guy, or do you think there's a guy in Texas that you'd be interested in grabbing 
if you're needing saves in one of these redraft leagues. Maybe you got Richard Rodriguez and didn't get, and let's say he gets moved, or let's say you got actually, let's just say you got Kyle Gibson and just lost him. As far as who would be closing in Texas, Mm -hmm. that's the God. I have no idea. That's a that's a guess. I would say maybe like. Joely Rodriguez, possibly, but even he's a lefty. I, I really don't know. That's a guessing game. I mean, you kind of just have to pick your guy and go with it. I feel like if you are if you need saves that bad, kind of look at the whole league. I wouldn't just look at one team. You know, Bender we mentioned, and there's a few other situations. Um, I think the Cubs one's tricky, too, because uh, like Chafin got moved yesterday. Yep. And Tapera, I think, would be the next guy, but I think he's going to get moved too, mm-hmm. or at least potentially, you know. So even the Cubs, who are my team, I mean, it could be anyone, it, fourth, fifth guy down the list, you know, just whichever one that they, that they don't move. So yeah, I mean, the Rangers is kind of the same thing. I just I have no idea. It, you're you're guessing with all these guys. Joel Rodriguez, I think he'd be the guy getting picked up the most. I think yeah. if you're if you're not if you don't have much fab. A guy I would put a couple bucks on or like make a $0 bid and you might get is Josh. I don't know how to say his last name. Spores. Uh, He's got, he, I think he got a save earlier this year. Yes, he did. I picked him up in a league at one point. He's been dropped since, but I think he's got an outside shot. He's on the paternity list right now, so he's not even showing up on the active roster when you're looking at roster resource. But that would be a name if you're looking for a deep spec guy that I would be giving some consideration to. I mean, he's got a 4.46 ERA. Peripherals are a little better than that, but strikes out 11 per nine. Walks his share with four and a half, but I just think he'd be, he's a dark horse guy that I would be considering if, you've, if you're if you short on fab. One, one thing I'll say is uh, it, if you're speculating on these guys that could fall into saves and you don't know um, – like who the quote unquote closer is, let's say deal goes down right at the deadline and it just isn't clear yet. Um, I would kind of make a list of those guys. And if they all seem very similar, just bid a buck or two on all of them and just get who you get. You know, if, if one stands out bid a little more, but I wouldn't go nuts on any of these guys. I mean, unless it's clear that, that's the guy by you know say sunday or whatever when normal fab runs but um i kind of like to do that in a lot of a lot of situations like if it, if there's a lot of players that i feel like are very similar um i'm just not bidding much and you could name i mean we just had a few here a few on the cubs there's other teams too pirates and there's going to a lot of teams around the league where it could get shaken up and if you're guessing and there's you know, maybe you could probably get 12 to 15 names of just random guys that could p- possibly fall into saves and if you feel similarly about all of them it makes no sense to spend like just bid one or two and get who you get you know that's kind of how i would i would go about it good strategy all right moving on here we got diamondbacks they traded away eduardo escobar to the brewers on wednesday I really like that get. I really like the Brewers getting him as a guy who plays all over the infield. But their infield, as I was looking, is Colton Huang, Willie Adamas, Luis Urias, and Rowdy Telez. 
and Telez has played real well since going there. Adamas has been playing really well. I don't is Escobar going to take one of their spots and kill their value or do you think Escobar could be the odd man out of everyday playing time here? That's a good question. Um I would think he's going to play. I would too. Um and I don't think Urias is like locked in or anything. So I would think it's probably him. I also um well, no, forget that thought. But yeah, I think I think Urias would probably be the guy. That's who they're using at third. I mean Adamas isn't going anywhere. Wong's gonna play. Um they could shift Urias around, maybe use him as a little more of a utility guy, but I don't think he's one of those guys that's like locked into uh everyday at bats or anything. Yeah, I would think Man, isn't it too. isn't it just isn't it just so crazy not to get too far off the path, but you look at this offense and it's, it's gross. We can agree on that, right? The, the, the Brewers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty gross. And then Keston here is just on the bench there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What a year for that guy. Huh? Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, I'm just looking at the lineup and it just reiterates that, but Oh my God, like how is he not even getting at bats on this team? Like, and they're a good team. I mean, I, I'm not saying their offense is terrible, but it's not like a lineup. I mean, Narvaez, you look at and Avi not, Garcia. I mean, they're not world beaters, you know. There are a lot of guys who are playing on their high end this year. Uh, Narvaez, Adamas, and Garcia are all playing really well. Definitely, Wong's yeah. been good when healthy. It's kind of like one of those years where you look at the team and it's like, outside of their two best players going into the year, which is Keston Hira and Christian Yelich. Everybody else is playing on their high end, and then right, those, and know. well, the the big part is obviously they got three aces basically on yes. their team and the best closer in the game. So yeah, it's that's the really uh, the crazy part with them. But uh, Diamondbacks here, uh, Joaquin Soria has been closing for them. He looks to be moving this week. Also, No Ramirez has been an eighth inning option for the Diamondbacks this last month and has pitched well. I grabbed him in one redraft league this week. I think he could be an interesting grab. I'm not sure if there's anybody else on that team I would consider as like feeling pretty good about, but I also, like you said, I wouldn't be going crazy with the with the fab because uh, you just never know. I mean, Tyler Clippard's there, and he's been in the role a few times before. I don't think he's been I – don't, I don't know what he's doing this year, but I know he hasn't been good the last few years. But actually, yeah, he's pitched – He's only pitched two innings this year, actually, so he must just be coming back from injury. But he's been better than I thought the last couple of years. Now that I'm looking, yeah, he just came. He just came back. I want to say like a week ago. Um, yeah, Ramirez is probably the guy. But again, it's you never it's, know. They just go to Clipper. Yep. Yeah, it's guessing, and um, I can't imagine they. They're going to get much for Soria, but they probably should just move him. Yeah, I mean, they definitely should. Um, but yeah, this this team is so bad. Like, it's almost like you wonder you got to you got to win games to get saves. You know, like I don't even know this team is bad. Yeah. And then we got the Nationals. There's a lot of heavy meats that could is on the block here. We got Max Scherzer, who's in the last year of his deal. The Nats. 
were having a really good June and start went into July with a pretty good record, looking like they might be back in it, but they've had a bad July. And um, Scherzer at first said he wouldn't accept a trade unless he was given an extension, but he's not, he's denying that or backing off of that now. Um, so really, it's just a question of where's this guy going, and do you have a thought on ter- like where? Like, there's a lot of talk that the teams on the West, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Padres, all could be in on this guy right now. Could he be the deciding factor of that division? Possibly, yeah. Where do you – what team? Where do you think he goes? I have no idea, but I just – I think there's a good chance it's one of those teams – Um. You know, all of them have the pieces to make a deal happen. They all have pretty good farm systems right now. Yeah, the, the Dodgers are coming off of winning, and Bauer's gone wrong to where it kind of it makes a lot of sense for them to because Bauer's on administrative leave, so I'm assuming they're not even paying him right now. And they probably, they're, I'm guessing they probably won't be having to fork over money towards him the rest of the year. So that could have opened up some spending for them. Unless I'm wrong, and correct me if somebody's hearing this and they know I'm wrong, please let me know because yeah, I'm curious. I think the I think a lot of teams make sense actually for Max. Yes. I Boston, um, Boston. Yeah, I just I know I was saying it earlier today, but I just don't think that Boston is winning anything with their rotation. I just don't think they're going to win it. Like mm-hmm. they got to make they've got to get somebody, and I'm not saying that their pitching is terrible or anything like that, but it's, it's just not championship caliber mm-hmm. to me. So I think they need, they need a guy. Um, I think the, I think the Dodgers need a guy too. I yeah, mean, especially, especially, you know, you could have never saw this coming, but it's like Bowers out Kershaw. I mean, we'll see. He'll probably be back and be okay, but you just never know. And then if he isn't, I mean, this rotation doesn't scare anybody after Bueller, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Urias obviously is fine too, but it's just not what you think of when you think of the Dodgers. So I definitely think he makes sense there. I think he makes sense with the Padres too. They, they could be <laughs> bidding wars back and forth and Prowler's crazy enough to do anything. So, yeah, I think a lot of teams make sense. I know Tampa Bay's been mentioned and, um, yeah, I have, I, I don't know. But obviously, that's a big one to follow. I definitely think Scherzer's going to get moved. For a two-month rental, they could get a pretty good haul just by how many teams are in. And everything's shaping like John Gray. Like I've heard that Scherzer, good chance he's traded by end of day Wednesday. They want to trade him before he makes his next start, which I think is on Thursday. And if he, like John Gray, the market they're saying is not going to heat up until Scherzer goes. Everything's waiting on Scherzer in terms of pitching because everybody wants to be in on him if they can. And I think the Nats could get a pretty good return for even a two-month rental here. It could be one of the best two-month rental returns we've seen in the last five, ten years here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Moving on, uh, everybody but Juan Soto is on the block, and that's really eye-opening the first time I heard that a couple days ago because Trey Turner's name was not mentioned there. So he's available too, but for a heavy cost. Trey has one year left on his deal after this. I think they've sent him an offer for an extension that has not gone anywhere. I was just sitting there closing my eyes and thinking fantasy-wise, 
could you imagine if the White Sox added him and put him at second? Or like <laughs> I've heard that he doesn't want to move off the position. Maybe they talked Tim Anderson into going to second for a couple months. Man, would that be something? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I don't think Trey's going to get moved. I don't. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't. I think it's a lot of smoke, and that's the one. I think he's the one that I will be like jaw dropped to the floor if he's moved. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think that. I think when you're the Nats, if you move Trey right now you're kind of almost just giving up on next season too. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think that um, they're the type that's going to do that. I don't know. I just don't, I'm just not feeling that one. I don't think he's going to get traded, but um, you never know. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely been mentioned a lot. So I'm going to say he's not traded yet either, but and again, we're going into a weird off season. If this was a normal off season, I could I could close my eyes and see it happening next, like this off season or early. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it this off season too. Yeah. I just mean I just mean like this weekend. But yeah, yeah. We got Brad Hand. He's probably going. Daniel Hudson, I hear too. I mean, I don't know if Hudson is worth a grab. I, there's not much behind that in terms of relievers. Is there anybody that you would be spec on specking on here, speculating on? No, I think just Hudson. And if, if it's somebody else, just let it develop and worry about it. Then I don't, none of these guys have been that good. So, yes. All right. we got one last team here that I got to discuss and that's the pirates with Richard Rodriguez. He's likely going, um, there's a couple teams he could go to and still get that role, right? Yeah, I heard or yesterday or day before maybe I um heard some whispers about Oakland. Um he's closing there. He should be closing there. Yeah. I I think it's probably like with the teams that are would be going after I mean like I said any any of these teams really could go after a guy like Richard Rodriguez it's like Kimbrell on a lower you know lower level but um I guess the difference is is Kimbrell's going to close for pretty much anybody and I don't think Richard Rodriguez is going to but maybe like 50 50 that he's still a closer maybe a little better than that I think I'd probably put it at like 60 40 that he closes I think he closes if I had to like pick one or the other but um there's obviously teams that he would go to that he wouldn't close it just depends where he goes but it's funny with contenders i was actually on the other side i was sitting there thinking like 40 60 maybe even 30 70 and i don't i don't know if i've got that right i'd have to i'd have to actually think i'd have to actually think through the teams you know but that's it's it's not it's not far off of 50 50 either way though yeah but there are definitely ones you can close your eyes and see but um, the interesting thing for fantasy is David Bednar. I mean, I thought it would possibly be him or Kyle Crick when I was thinking about this before the season, and I think they just DFA'd Crick or released him in the last week. David Bednar is a guy who popped was popping eyes. I, I heard a lot of talk about him in the preseason with the velocity and all that, and he's pitched pretty well. I think – of all the guy, teams we've speculated on closures with, I think Bedner's probably like the guy I'd be most confident would be moving into that role. Yeah, that's totally fair. I definitely probably agree with you, actually. I think if 
I think if they both had it, I would rather have Bender, but um, it's funny. Bender, Bender. Yes. <laughs> I've, a mouthful. Picked, I've picked them both up in our Rotomasters 2 league. I own them both, and it's been funny to sit there and look at those two names yeah. back-to-back because they're right yeah, on top th- of each other. But, yeah, I think um, Bender <laughs> of, the pi- of the Pirates is probably more likely. I don't know. Yeah. I think we're we're about to find out. It's uh, seven five in the eighth, Miami. So, ooh, we're getting closer. Seven, yeah, we're get, we're getting closer. Let's hope we get a decision there. Okay, we just covered a lot here. Um, just real quick, do you have any anyone on any of these teams whose value you think could tank, like from the contenders at the end of this week, due to an acquisition and maybe a player like a role getting filled up? Uh God, I just think of your boy Eric Hosmer. Oh, that, we didn't even talk about him. Yeah, he's moving. Yeah. I think he's going this week. I think, I think like we didn't talk about that. They've traded for Adam Frazier. They it sounds like they want to take on more trades, but Eric Hosmer in that contract, I think he's owed like fifty-seven million the rest for three years, and it sounds like they're going to have to move him with a prospect if they want to give him away, basically. And yeah. <laughs> It's crazy and what a I, mess yes a again mia culpa my most the my biggest thing i was wrong on in the last year was eric hosmer and that freaking launch angle he went right back to slamming the ball straight into the ground and not becoming who i thought he was possibly becoming but yeah i you know i read an article like from a royals blog basically why the royals should not go trade for him because of course that's where he came up and won a world series with but yeah i i think like i was actually thinking about him thinking the cubs might have made more sense than anybody if they could actually get a good prospect to go with him yeah maybe i haven't honestly thought about too much because i just trying to think of what teams it even makes sense so i I don't know. Yeah, it's just um, – I was just thinking about his value. Like guys whose values could, yeah. could drop with acquisitions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, if he's still a Padre, his value is dropping because they're not going to play yeah. him every day. Right. Um, one I got is J.D. Davis with the Mets. I think there's a chance that the – I mean, they've they've been rumored with Chris Bryant. I think there's a chance that Bryant ends up there. Or they trade for another infielder and J.D. Davis is moved to a utility role. or Unless they decide to move him. And I think that's a chance, too. I mean, I've heard rumors of the the, the Rockies possibly bringing Story over. And maybe, maybe J.D. Davis goes there. Which, as a J.D. Davis owner, I would love to see that. I'll say that right now. That was yeah. something I saw. I was like, I can get on board with that one. But, um... And then we got closers, the Blue Jays closer situation, the Phillies closer situation, the Athletics closer situation. All three of those could have could be changed by the weekend. So those are all guys I'm mentioning myself. Um, another another one I'll throw out as like maybe loses value, but he's man, this guy's been bad this year. Is Kevin Biggio? Yeah, man, that's has a good he one. Been bad, and I feel like the Jays could acquire somebody too. We've heard whispers about Bryant there and I don't know. I Biggio could move too though. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. He's one it's hard could to be... say, but man, he's, he's just been rough for all the, all the great that the Jays have been this year. I mean, Biggio has just been really bad. So, 
You know, that's a guy that neither one of us seem to be as high on as a lot no. of others. No. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough year for him. I mean, I didn't think he would be this rough, but yeah, just hasn't been good. I'm not surprised as I look at it. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't hit for a few more homers, but yeah, everything else I'm looking at is like, yeah, not too. Th- I mean, this doesn't. I mean, seem- he's been replacement level over yep. half a season basically. So. Yep, 87 WRC plus right now for the season. Not good. Uh, okay, last question for you before we get out of here. Who are your top guys you'd be grabbing right now of all these guys we mentioned with Fab and everything, or if you've got pickups, who would be your number one pickup right now? I'm assuming oh, like it's the, one of the closers. Uh, of Just, like the guys we mentioned, pro- probably Bender. Yeah, probably Bender would be my first. But I also would, you know, I've done it a couple weeks ago. I grabbed him in one of the 15-teamers, and I grabbed him in a 20-teamer. And I also do it with full knowledge that he may not be the closer. It's not. But I think it's one of those things where if he is, he could be really good. So that's, you know, I don't feel like I'm bidding on a a guy that will be terrible. I mean, it, there's always that chance with relievers. I mean, it's such small samples that they any of them could get blown up. But he's been good, and I think that there's some upside there for a good closer. So he would be my top guy probably. Um, Miranda has enough where if he got called up, he would definitely be in the discussion. Um, probably a couple others too that I'm not even thinking of at the moment, but yeah, I think of the guys we talked about, it would be those guys for me. Yeah, it's Bedner and Bender for me, both of them. And it's kind of a catch-22, or like I'm trying to figure out which one I would go first. Like Bedner, I feel more confident has the role, but the Pirates are so bad that you're not going to – like I would not expect there to be near as many save opportunities. I would in Miami, who even though they're selling, they've still got such a good pitching staff that – they're like when they've got a few. I should, I guess, if Pablo Lopez and and um, oh shoot, the other guy, Trevor Rogers, get back and pitch by the end of the year, they I think they got a better chance of getting wins. But I think I would go Bedner. I think I think I'd still just take the guy. I feel a little more confident getting the role, but I could see anybody saying Bender too. The other the other one we didn't mention was uh, the Kendall Graveman getting moved. Yeah, that's right. I forgot uh, to mention that one. Obviously, that obviously that opens up Flexen Seattle. Am I wait a minute? Flexen uh, started. No, Flexen started. Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul Seawald probably. That's right. He's, that's right. And he's, he's really been, well. Oh, he's been great. Yeah. So that actually probably is the top guy, and I didn't even get him yeah. in the notes because Paul yeah, Seawald is pitched really well. So yeah. Well, thank you, f- thank you for adding. That yeah, guy I just at the end. well, I just that's a good one because I was looking at teams and. Uh, I mean, the Graveman trade just happened yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely think that if, it, assuming he continues to pitch well, I mean, he's he's an ad if he's available in, in your league, pick him up for sure. But um, probably too late. I mean, I know in a lot, I think pretty much all my leagues he's owned. So yeah, he was grabbed in Sunday Fabs in a lot of leagues already. So I, I saw him go, and yeah, I think there's a good chance. But if he's still out there, if you're in a 12 team league, there's a chance he's still out there and go grab him. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot of closure discussion done here. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days, whether we get back here and 
touch base afterwards if there's a lot if more stuff's happened that we haven't discussed that we didn't see coming we might just hop on over the weekend and do a short podcast it just depends on what we see but it's been a fun week so far I've really enjoyed this week's trade deadline I I don't know it just feels like it's been more spread out than normal yeah I was just gonna say that it feels like there's more action days before the deadline than there has been in the past at least the past few years maybe that's wrong but um, I just don't remember it being this much chatter or action, you know, multiple days before the deadline. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep. Been fun. I'm really curious, really curious to see how it plays out. You know, obviously all the Cubs stuff and man, I can't wait to see what they get for Kimbrel. I'm like, yes. I'm like chomping at the bit. I just can't wait. Yeah. I'm sure you'd love to see him like go to the giants and they bring back a couple of those sexy prospects, something like that. Yeah, I just I don't even really care that much what team it is. I just I just um I know all these teams want him. Like every mm-hmm. team. There's you know, and so that should make it fun. But Yep, for sure. All right, well we'll be back soon, maybe this weekend, maybe sometime next week. We will be back though and we'll have plenty more to discuss. And until then, take care everybody. Yep, take care guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 